Welcome to the Death Kit Show. Let's go. Hey. All right. Welcome to the GK Show. Fun music at the beginning. Yeah. Having a good day. Let's start the pod. All right, I'm back. Uh, I'm recording on what is it today? Tuesday night. I'm recording on Tuesday nights. It'll probably be uh, now. It's Wednesday already. It's after midnight. I'm staying up late. Staying up late, even though I'm getting no sleep lately, because I want to make sure. I get some stuff thrown down because uh, I had the option of my wife said she could take my son with her uh, tomorrow to work and everything and he can kick it at her parents' house or I could watch him before I leave town tomorrow night, which I'm, I'm saying this on Tuesday night, so really it's going to be Wednesday night that I leave and this is going to come out late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. So anyways, none of that's going to make sense. Okay, guys, if you haven't yet, please rate my podcast five stars. It totally helps out. I really, really appreciate it. If you can leave a review, that'd be awesome. If you haven't yet, it takes less than a minute. Um, And yeah, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm terrible at all that social media stuff, but I try and post things. And the people who see it do like it. So it's just my name, at Jeff Keith, G-E-O-F-F-K-E-I-T-H. Yeah, and my children's book, should be coming out soon. I spoke about it in the last podcast, been having some difficulties with the illustrators, some communication issues, some margin issues, and uh, hopefully it will all be taken care of in the next few days. And then I can, because of technology, almost immediately get these up for sale. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, the website will be thedifferentbook.com, thedifferentbook.com. It's a children's book. I really hope you guys help me spread the word on that. It would be awesome. Okay, so let's knock out a couple things. First off, I just want to touch on this. Uh, talked about on a podcast last week, everybody was talking about Chris Cuomo, the anchor from CNN, who said, you know, got into an altercation with some jackass in public who was confronting him, trying to piss him off. Not cool from that guy. But then Chris Cuomo was like, uh, you called me Fredo? You called me Fredo? That's like the N-word for Italians. That's a racial slur, right? And everybody was kind of like, huh? <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? Uh, so I thought this was pretty funny. Gianni Russo, who played Carlo Rizzi in The Godfather, who knows Chris Cuomo and Andrew Cuomo, his brother, and knew his father, Mario Cuomo, uh, the former governor of New York. Uh, Gianni Russo, there's this video from TMZ you can easily find. And I, what sucks is it only has like 70,000 views when I saw it. Why does the, the good stuff that makes people who say dumb things look like assholes, why does that stuff always have like 100,000 views and then some other random shit has, you know, millions? Um, so anyways, he, TMZ asked him like, oh, like, what do you think of all this? And he's, it's just such a funny video because the guy's like, hey, he goes, I don't know what he's talking about. He goes, like, that's not a racial slur. Fredo's just like the the dumb, weak brother. That's it. Everybody knows that. He's like, it's not, and this guy is like the most Italian dude ever. Gianni Russo played Carlo Rizzi in The Godfather. And he's like, yeah, he goes, it's a character from a movie. He's like, what's he talking about? <laughs> and he goes, and the thing is, he goes, I know him. I've known him since he was a kid. He goes, I knew his, 
his father Mario, and he and he goes, I know Andrew and Chris. He's like, I don't care why he said such a stupid thing. Like he's such a smart guy. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. So if you go watch the video, you're gonna be like, he didn't say it exactly like that, Jeff. You are a liar. But paraphrasing, he basically was like, he's a smart guy. He's like well educated. Like why would he say something like that? I don't know. And then they're like, oh, you're gonna say anything to him? And he's like, what am I gonna say? He goes, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like. You know better than that. Like, it's not a racial slur. I really feel like people that say extremely inflammatory dumb things like that should be, that are like news anchors. You know what I mean? Like, they should be kind of confronted on that. Like, dude, how off, you're supposed to be a guy who reports the news and you're making shit up about a racial slur like no one's heard of. And then his brother came to his defense, I heard too, and was just like, yeah, he goes, this is like, uh, it's like, dude, What? Your family's the only one that knows about this? Like, you and your brother? Every other Italian's like, nah, that's not what it means. Um, all right, so anyways, I thought that was funny. It's a funny video, Gianni Russo on TMZ. Check it out. Uh, all right, let's get into some of these fun stories. Oh, does that? Oh, what is going on? I can't do it on that. Oh, I'm going to have to go to the computer then. That is very annoying. I, I saved these links because I wanted to be able to... Uh, just click on them, but the way I saved them in my phone and my notes section doesn't work. All right, this one, let's get to this. Diaper tossed out window on the highway hits trooper's patrol car. Well, that sounds pretty self-explanatory. I just like the idea of that. It smells like shit in this car. Get rid of it. Well, I don't know. It's littering. Just do it. It smells like shit. All right. Woo, woo, woo. August 20th, police in Indiana said a driver was ticketed when a dirty diaper tossed out a window by a backseat passenger struck a trooper's car. Backseat passenger. If, you're, if I'm driving, I'm like, you can't give me a ticket. Come on. I'll never drive with this asshole again in my backseat. What a piece of shit. They threw a diaper at you? Did you throw a diaper at him? Why would you do such a thing? Indiana State Police Sergeant Stephen Wheels. Ooh, Sergeant Wheels driving in his car. Wheels in the car said he was on Interstate 65 in Johnson County when a soiled diaper flew out from the backseat window of a car in front of him and bounced off his squad car. Wow. So they just, excuse me, they just threw it back without looking to see that there's a fucking cop right behind him. That's so stupid. Quote, I was heading home after working the Indiana State Fair, tired, and wasn't really expecting it, Wheels told the Indianapolis Star. It hit my car and bounced a couple times. It's not something I could really let fly. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can. Wheels said he took it to the driver. His patrol car was not damaged. This was a patrol car. I was thinking as I was reading it, maybe the guy was off duty. You know, he maybe he was driving his, his personal vehicle home. Still, how do you chuck a anything out a window when a car is that close behind you? A soiled diaper. I want to know. Don't you guys want to know as I'm reading that? Did it like splatter? Was it shit? Was it poop? Did it just go like all over this guy's windshield? And then you did the swerve windshield wipers. Was it a big mess or was it just, dude, you hit my car with a diaper? Uh, what, what's that ticket say? That's just got to be littering, right? Is it littering and reckless driving? There's not. This is the end of the article. I wish there was more to this. What is that? Hey, you. It's definitely littering. Threw some shit out your car. It's trash. But also you hit a vehicle. What? What is that? What's it called if you throw something and hit a car? I wish I knew the answer, but clearly I do not. All right. Next up, lost cat found three and a half years later in Florida. Already a heartwarming story. It's a good-looking little kitty right there. 
August 20th, a Florida man who feared his cat had been eaten by coyotes was reunited with the feline three and a half years later thanks to a stranger, a microchip, and an animal hospital. Oh my God, guys. I keep yawning. This is the worst podcast ever. So if it had a microchip, why did it take three and a half years? I have no idea what's going on here. Uh, A stranger and an animal hospital. This stranger like hang out with this cat for three and a half years and decide his conscience got the best of him. Miguel Tejado Quiles, Quiles, Miguel Tejado Quiles, thirty-one, said he and his cats Lola and Mister Kitty were staying with his parents in Gainesville while he studied for the bar exam in two thousand sixteen. And one day, the felines managed to escape through a back door. Mister Kitty was captured by a neighbor, and a, a few weeks after the escape but there was no sign of Lola after months of searching. So Mr. Kitty was captured and Lola was gone. Why did I say captured by a neighbor? Found? Quote, I honestly thought she was eaten by coyotes, Teyado Quiles told Gainesville.com. Teyado Quiles' theory changed over when he received a call from the Newberry Animal Hospital. Staff told him a woman who lives about 18 miles of Gain- off Gainesville, of Gainesville brought in a cat that she had been feeding for about three years. The cat's microchip identified her as Lola, Tayado Kila's mother picked Lola up from the Newberry Clinic Friday. He said Lola and Mr. Kitty will soon be reunited. They've never spent more than two weeks apart, Tayado Kila said. I'm not sure what the reunion will be like. Well, they've spent more than two weeks apart. Dude, they spent three and a half years apart. A Massachusetts woman was recently reunited with her cat about five and a half years after the feeling went missing from her home. Is this a new article? They just didn't do a new... They just talk. They just change it up. Just go straight into this other thing. All right. So Massachusetts woman was recently reunited with her cat about five and a half years after the feline went missing from her home. Eleanor Rapucci. Rapucci. Hey, Carlo Rizzi. Rapucci. Eleanor Rapucci. Hey, hey, Fredo. Whoa. Hey, Mr. Rapucci doesn't like that. Eleanor Rapucci said she let Larry the cat out into her Essex backyard in july 2013 and she soon discovered the feline had left the yard and apparently wandered away that fucking cat took off i'll tell you what that cat didn't like what you were feeding it rapucci okay you know you got all that pasta sauce and everything in there you got all that fettuccine alfredo huh you got the bow tie pesto you got all you got the raviolis with the uh the stuffed with the uh well come on what's that cheese with the risotto anyways and then you feeding me this fucking garbage? Come on. Am I going to be an Italian cat? I'm going to be an Italian cat. You know what I mean? Where's the garlic bread? Come on, Ms. Rapucci. Come on. Give me some of that fucking, uh, give me some of that uh, penny marinara. What are we doing here? Come on. I got to eat fucking sloppy ass fish, fish shit? Come on. Give me some of that, uh, <laughs> give me some of that baked ziti. What are we doing? We got baked ziti in there? You're not going to give me any of that? Come on, Ms. Rapucci. What the fuck are you doing? So I'm guessing that's why the cat left. Uh, officials with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society said a man feeding birds in Salisbury about 20 miles from Rapucci's home found the cat and brought him into the shelter about five and a half years later. Rapucci said Larry. Rapucci said Larry was in good health and quickly reacclimated to life in her home. She named her cat Larry. Lawrence. Lawrence. Get over here, Lawrence. What are you doing, Lawrence? I think that's why the cat left. Fucking calling me Larry. My name's fucking Gianni Russo. Come on, I'm a cat here. What are we doing? Huh? Call me Carlos Rizzi. Larry? Lawrence? What is this, prep school? So, I don't get it. So, why was this part of this article? And why was the headline, the headline of this article is Lost Cat Found Three and a Half Years Later in Florida. 
And then buried all the way at the end of the article is a lady who found her cat five and a half years later. Five and a half more than three and a half. That should be the headline. This three and a half uh, missing, three and a half year missing cat. That should be the secondary story. I don't get it. I'll never get it. And I'm not happy with it. All right, next story. Suggestively named town seeks to stop adult toy company from using signs. Oh, I can't wait for this. Residents of Newfoundland and Labrador Town with a famously suggestive name are petitioning to stop a sex toy company from using their sign for advertisements. The town of Dildo, well, there we go. The town of Dildo was gifted a Hollywood-style sign last week by U.S. late-night TV host Jimmy Kimmel, who jokingly ran for mayor of the town. An adult toy company, Our Pleasure, posted a video to Facebook showing off some of its products in front of the sign and other local landmarks Saturday. Jeez, they don't like this. Andrew Pretty, a member of Dildo's local service district committee. Hey, Pretty Dildo. Hey, hey, Mr. Pretty, where do you work? Well, you know, I'm a member of Dildo's uh, district committee. Did you say dick strict? A strict dick, Dildo? Mr. Pretty? I actually didn't say that. I said I'm a member of Dildo's local service district committee. Did you say dick strict? I said district. And this is in Dildo? So the Dildo is a strict dick. Okay, you can tell it's late. Andrew Petty, a member of Dildo's local service district committee, said despite the town's name, residents were not pleased to find out their town was being used to sell sex toys. What? How could this happen in Dildo? We didn't think it was appropriate, Pretty told the Telegram newspaper. A lot of people are upset over it. Same people who were upset when they could only afford a house in Dildo. If they had just casually mentioned the name on their site and didn't go to that extreme, we wouldn't have had a problem. But they went too far with this, he said. That's not what this town is about at all. Listen, this is the town of Dildo, and we're not going to put up with any of this rubbish. (laughs) Okay, you guys don't do this to the town of Orgasm. You don't do this to the town of Boner. Why does Dildo have to put up with all this? Pretty said some residents have tried reaching out to Our Pleasure, but their concerns were dismissed. Oh, that customer service over at Our Pleasure. I guess it's all about their pleasure. He said people are particularly upset that the company was taking photos of sex toys outdoors in daylight hours. Come on, we're trying to raise families in Dildo. What are you going to (laughs) do? They had one picture right next to the playground. It's not right, he said. I think about the children. There's no need for an eight-year-old seeing Our Pleasure going around with sex toys in the community. Good point. And not forget the eight-year-olds. What about the seven-year-olds? And don't even get me started on the six-year-olds. And if you mention the five-year-olds, I'm out of here. Kathy Daniels, owner of Our Pleasure, said the company was careful to make sure no one was around when the photos were taken. Fair enough. Fair enough, Ms. Daniels. Quote, in our industry, we're very sex positive. No shit. But still, it's, but still, it's still a very taboo topic to talk about, she said. So for us... For Dildo to be in the media, although they were talking about the community, they were also talking about the object. Okay. Pretty said a petition calling on our pleasure to not use photos of the town for its advertising and social media campaigns already has five pages of signatures. How big did they write those signatures? That's what I want to know. How big is the paper? Five post-it notes is still five pages. We really hope the petition will make a difference, he said. Well, Andrew Pretty is not excited about this at all. The old town of Dildo, Dildo Baggins. All right, got a couple more, and then we're out of here. Oh, already clicked on that. Let's see what this one is. Oh, yes, this is, oh, here we go. We're getting political. 
Oh, man. My views are about to come out on this. Megan Rapino thinks her Fox News-watching dad voted for Trump. Something she's confused about. Okay. Watch. Watch how, watch how my totally logical and rational opinion is going to piss people off. Megan Rapino isn't a fan of President Donald Trump. She's made that more than clear before. During and after the U.S. Women's National Team's World Cup triumph in France earlier this summer... So yeah, if anyone doesn't know, this is Megan Rapinoe. She's the very famous U.S. women's soccer player. Rapinoe drew Trump's attention on social media after her criticism of him and her clear stance on not wanting to visit the White House after the t- tournament. That naturally started a cross-Atlantic feud between the two. <coughs> Excuse me, but her activism didn't begin with Trump this summer. Far from it. Rapinoe frequently protests during the play- playing of the national anthem by taking a knee similar to NFL players protesting racial injustice, or by remaining silent with her hands behind her back. She has been at the forefront of the U.S. women's national team's battle for equal pay for quite some time and even called herself a walking protest. The origins of her activism and fights for equality stem largely from her family and her childhood. Yet the confusing part, she said, is that her parents' beliefs don't quite line up with hers. Well, that's so confusing, because every other person I know totally agree with their parents on everything. Quote, I feel like I grew up with all these lessons about equality, but nothing was ever spoken. No language was ever put about it, Rapino told The Guardian. Quote, both of my parents should be really progressive, especially my mom, and I don't get that they're not. I'm always saying, you guys should really be Democrats, but they're not. So what's happening? These are all quotes from her. Uh, Rapino said her parents are extremely supportive of her and are some of her biggest fans. Yet they still watch Fox News, despite repeated attacks several people in the network have made against her. They also, she believes, voted for Trump in the 2016 election, something she doesn't understand. I don't get what's so hard to understand about this. I mean, I don't know Megan Rapinoe, I don't know her parents, but just because they watch a network where a couple of people have taken shots, I'm guessing the, I'm guessing the, uh, on Fox News, this would be the opinion hosts, right? The ones who just give their opinion. I don't think the straight news guys like Brett Baer or something are like, Megan Rapinoe's a bitch. Like, I don't think that's happening. But yeah, obviously, I'm sure people like Tucker Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and stuff like those people, but they're opinion people. So it's kind of like what they do. They're in the business of taking shots. Kind of like Rachel Maddow takes shots. She's an opinion person. Anyway, so I don't know what's so hard to understand about this. Like, there's a network that has 24-hour, you know, there's, there's programming 24 hours, and some of the people on there have said something, so that means the entire network her parents can't watch. Quote, I think my dad voted for Trump, and I'll say, I don't get it. How are you simultaneously as proud as Punch of me and watching Fox News all the time? Who are doing takedowns of your daughter, Rapino said via The Guardian. That's why I'm like, you guys need to go to therapy. They need to go to therapy in her eyes, and maybe they do. I don't know them, but she doesn't think that she needs to go to therapy because she can't wrap her mind around her parents might have different political leanings than her and still love her and accept her for her beliefs, but she can't accept them for their beliefs. That's a little, uh, what do you call it? A little, uh, man, I'm so tired. What is the word? Uh, not self-aware. There you go. Those are multiple words. Though Rapino and her parents may not see eye to eye on issues, she said the family is still very close. Well, that's nice. She speaks with them daily and has seen them progress on some issues. Who's writing this? <laughs> These are her opinions that they've progressed. In other areas, though, she knows it will take time. 
Quote, there's been some major blow-ups, Rapino said via The Guardian. I'm very close to my family. It's not like, ugh, I'm from a conservative town. I never talk to them anymore. I talk to my parents all the time, every day. And I feel like I have seen progress and growth. Sounds like your parents are fucking great parents, and you don't like their political views, and until they agree with you on everything, they have this major problem and need to go to therapy. I think the person who thinks everybody should agree with them should go to therapy. Quote, I would love it if people understood you should never say racist things and be okay with gay people or whatever it is, but obviously it doesn't happen that quickly. I don't really understand what that even means. I feel like most everybody knows you shouldn't say racist things. The okay with gay people thing, I don't really get. I don't know if that's alluding to Trump because, I mean, Trump's got a lot of downside to the guy, obviously. But one thing I never understood is all these people who go, yeah, he's not like good for gay people. But he's the very first president in the history of the United States. This is one thing. These are just facts. He's the very first president in our country who his first time running for president was pro-gay marriage. Like for, for a major party. Did he run in 2000 in like a weird party? I think he almost did, but he didn't. I don't think he ever officially ran until 2016. But anyways, uh, Obama was not for gay marriage. Obama was... Uh, at least publicly, against gay marriage in 2008. And people just tend to forget that. And I was talking to a comedian, I won't say his name, and he's gay. And uh, this is a while, it's a couple of years ago, and he said something about um, Trump and, and gay people. And I just go like, oh, like, what is he... I go, what has he done that's like, not, like, you know, what has he, what has he done to gay people? And then he... Uh, and I go, he's the, I go, he was the first... Uh, I said what I just said here. I go, he's the first president or first person, like major candidate or whatever, first president to have run his first and his first first term being openly pro-gay marriage and all that stuff. And then this is what my buddy said to me. He goes, oh, come on. Like, that was the whole argument. I'm like, oh, I don't, I, mean, I wasn't going to argue with the guy, whatever. Like, he can have his opinions, but it's like, it's not based on fact. Like, I don't really understand what, uh, why people or some people think that he's so against gay people. But anyways, I think it's a little weird Rit Megan Rapino said that. I also, I mean, this lady's entitled to all her own opinions and beliefs 100%. But one thing I thought was weird is if you disagree with the president, which just happens all the time. There were guys that, uh, and ath different athletes didn't want to go to the White House when Obama was president. But if you have like real issues um, I don't get, I, I think I saw her in an interview and they said like, oh, like why would, you know, so would you go to the White House if you invite you? And she said, no. It's like, wouldn't you want to go and sit down and like, because you have this high profile and you could talk to somebody face to face, wouldn't you want to be like, hey, like I want to get in a room with this guy and be like, yeah, man, you got to cut this out. Like that really affects people like me or Bob, you know what I mean? Whatever you, whatever you want to get out, like you have the opportunity to do it. You know what I mean? You get to go see the president. Why would you not take that opportunity? And then maybe you leave and go, and you could tell everybody, hey, man, I met that guy, and he's a he's a bigger piece of shit than I thought. Or maybe you meet him and go, you know what? We sat down, and he's a lot nicer than I thought. Or You know what I mean? Like, who knows? All I know is if I couldn't stand a president, like we live in a country where it's like, dude, you get to possibly go meet that person, and you have a lot of grievances, air them. You know what I mean? And then, then you can have, then you might, then the story progresses. You know what I mean? It moves the... It moves the story forward. You could be like, oh, I talked to, say she went, right? And, or does anybody. This is like the guys that didn't want to go when Obama was president. 
you go, you talk to him, you say, and you can go and say, hey, we just talked, and I said this, and then he said that, and you know, he said he's going to do this. Let's see if it happens, and then either happens or it doesn't happen, and then people, you know what I mean, can change a public opinion, good or bad, you know, towards the person or towards you. So I just think it's a weird thing. So she can't wrap her mind around the fact that her parents sound awesome. She's super close with them and they're super proud of her, but she's pretty sure they voted for Trump. I don't know. A lot of people watch, uh, a lot of Republicans didn't vote for Trump. That's one thing I, it's kind of bugs me about this too, is everybody acts like Trump got a bunch of like, like, you know, he did the electoral college. He won a lot. There was not like a lot of voter turnout compared. I don't think on either side compared to, uh, uh, 2012 and 2008. That's one thing I thought was kind of interesting about the Democrats. Like they don't want to admit that, or they don't want to realize that a lot of people came out to vote for Obama. Like when they see like the racial breakdown and they're like, Oh, look at all these like black people, minorities that came out to vote for Obama. And then they thought that they were just going to do that for any person. Like, that's not how it works. You know, Obama, whatever you think about the guy was like a smooth talker is a good but good politician, at least good meaning, you know, I don't like any of these politicians if you're new to the show, <laughs> but uh, he was, you know, he's a convincing guy or whatever when he was running and he, he inspired a lot of hope and everything the first time. Anyways, my point is uh, Mitt Romney got more votes in like key states and lost that and like Michigan and Wisconsin, I think another one, maybe Pennsylvania. And uh, and Trump got less votes than Mitt Romney did in 2012 and won those states. That means people just didn't show up to vote for Hillary. And also... You know, people didn't show up to vote for Trump, really. Either. I mean, people did, obviously, millions and millions of people. Because some people are just like, oh, I can't stand Hillary. I'm voting for Trump. Or I can't stand, uh, you know, we can't have Trump. I'm going to vote for Hillary. Like, that's a thing. And then there's people who actually really like these people. There's all these different subgroups. Everybody tries to pretend there's like, oh, yeah, man, if you voted for Hillary, that must mean you love everything about her. No, there's a lot of people who voted for Hillary who just didn't want to be Trump and vice versa. But... Anyways, my point is, it wasn't like some huge turnout. Well, I just got totally off track. Why am I talking about voter turnout now? Totally lost. All right, let's 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 make it a nice and... Uh, <laughs> this is a good transition. Salma Hayek posted... Salma Hayek, 52. 52, dude. This is unreal. Shows off her curves and sexy swimsuit pics. Even the ocean can't put out the fire. That's a quote. So... Basically, there's really not much to see uh, or to say here. The 52-year-old actress is wowing fans with her latest Instagram, which features several shots of her making like a mermaid blissfully lounging on the beach as waves crash against her body. The Mexican star weaves a curve-hugging lilac one-piece swimsuit in the sultry snaps, much to the delight of her awestruck fans. So I didn't realize there was more than one picture. I only saw the first one. Let's go to the next one. Okay. <laughs> nice. Next one. Oh, good stuff. Okay. Next one. Jeez. Salma Hayek, dude. This lady is gorgeous. Are these the same ones? Nope. I'm just zooming in. Look at that. Well, she's just laying in the water, and if you want to see it... Oh, what happened? Well, I hit something, and it took me to her Instagram. All right, so this is, this is why I even I'm bringing this up, because obviously it's a picture. Perfect body, Salma, one raved, while another commenter hailed her as one of the sexiest women I've ever seen. Even the ocean can't put out that fire, out the fire, another admirer remarked, still blazing. Hayek celebrity pals also took notice. The photo saw the likes, saw likes from Gwendolyn Christie and Diane Kruger, while Rebecca Gayhart wrote, just stunning. Hayek, this is the bet, this is why I'm even telling you guys this. Hayek also clarified to a fan that the photos were taken on a whim during her vacation. 
Quote, it was not a professional photo shoot, just a moment of inspiration on vacation. <laughs> it's like, do you really have to let us know that, Salma Hayek? She's like, no, 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 this wasn't even a professional photo shoot. I am just even hotter than you think. I know you're probably thinking, wow, is this a professional photo shoot? That's why you look so amazing in these pictures. Nope, just a regular old crappy flip phone camera, but I am so hot. Look at this. <laughs> I am gorgeous, no matter what. Just on a whim, did a little thingy thingy. I know you probably want to go to Sears and get your pictures all touched up and looking nice. Not me. I am just this gorgeous. All right, I talked about how Ashton Kutcher was gorgeous in my last podcast. So now you got a little Salma Hayek being gorgeous. All right. I think this is the last story because these other ones in my phone I just couldn't couldn't get to couldn't get to work right now. Um oh yeah. I'll just talk about this maybe. Simone Biles, right? She made history, the gymnast, US gymnast. She uh she did some sort of I'm just gotta I gotta open this, okay, because I gotta find a way to open this because this is too good. Gymnasts, I, I, I've never understood why people aren't more crazy about gymnasts. They literally just that floor routine is what did I just do? Oh, I pressed the wrong thing. Oh boy. Copy. Okay. The floor routine. Literally, all they do is stand there, they run, and then they just do a bunch of crazy stuff in the air. It's like they're superheroes. Like, who who does that? Oh, I'm just going to start here. I'll lean back on my back foot, and then I run, 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 run. It's a couple of handsprings, and then I just jump in the air, and I bounce. I know that's like a bouncy floor a little bit, but holy shit. So Simone Biles, here we go, makes more history at U.S. Gymnastics Championships. One night after becoming the first person ever to land a double-double dismount at the U.S. Gymnastics Championship, Simone Biles continued to make jaws drop on Sunday with more history. Biles became the first woman to land a triple-double. That's two flips and three twists in competition on the floor during her routine. Now, obviously, there's no video on this podcast. Guys, this is what I'm talking about. I don't need to read anymore. This girl is amazing. Like, she's an X-Man. You know what I mean? Biles became the first one to land a triple-double. Two flips and three twists. That's just running and then flipping around on the floor and then jumping. What? Can, can you come close? I can't even do a flip. I couldn't even come. I'd probably kill myself if I tried to do a front flip or a back flip. And I could do it off a ledge too. I'd be like, okay, here you got a two foot ledge. Do a back flip off it. Nope. This girl, two flips and three twists. So, all right. I had to just bring that up because she's freaking amazing and all those gymnasts are just crazy amazing all right uh please rate the podcast five stars uh subscribe review follow me on social media it's on the show notes you can write me an email if you want um let's see study on cannabis chemical as a treatment for pancreatic cancer may have major impact harvard researcher says this will be the last story here we go Pancreatic cancer makes up just 3% of all cancers in America, but with a one-year survival rate of just 20% and five-year survival rate of less than eight, it's predicted to be the second leading cause of cancer-related death by 2020. Why am I ending on a cancer article? It's horrible. Headlines about the illness as a result tend to be discouraging, but this month, scientists from Harvard University's Dana-Farber Cancer Institute have released some much-needed good news in their study published in the journal, get to the weed stuff, Frontiers of Oncology on July 23rd, the researchers revealed that a chemical found in cannabis has demonstrated, quote, significant therapy potential in treatment of pancreatic cancer. 
the specific drug called FBL03G. Well, that's a catchy name. That catches on pretty quick. Hey, can I get some of that aspirin? Do you have any Tylenol? Hey, I'm looking for some FBL-03G. <laughs> Rolls right off the tongue. Is a derivative of a cannabis flavonoid, the name for a naturally occurring compound found in plants, vegetables, and fruits, which, among other purposes, provides their vibrant color. Flavonoids from cannabis were discovered by a London researcher named Marilyn Barrett in 1986 when she was getting fucking stoned and were later found to have an anti-inflammatory benefits. But while scientists long suspected that cannabis flavonoids may have therapeutic potential, the fact that they make up just 0.14% of the plant meant that researchers would need entire fields of it to be grown in order to extract large enough quantities. I love that. Hey, guys, we really think like this very small, less than 15% of 1% of the plant is like really useful. So can we just get like fucking fields of weed? That would be sweet. And, you know, we don't want to waste, so we will smoke the weed. (laughs) But can we just get feels of that? That changed recently when scientists found a way to genetically engineer cannabis flavonoids, making it possible to investigate their benefits. Well, that just shot myself in the foot right there. Enter the researchers at Dana-Farber, who decided to take the therapeutic potential of one of these flavonoids, FBL-03G, and test it on one of the deadliest cancers through a lab experiment. The results, according to Wilfred Ngwa, N-G-W-A, Ngwa, Ngwa, Ph.D., an assistant professor at Harvard and one of the study's researchers were, quote, major. <laughs> That's how you know it's a weed study. Hey, how are the results? They're fucking major, dude. Like, these results are fucking dank. <laughs> the most significant clu- quote, the most significant conclusion is that tumor-targeted delivery of flavonoids derived from cannabis enabled both local and metastatic. Oh my God, I always mess that word up metastatic 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 oh my god i've said that word i've heard that word and i can't say it right now metastatic metastas metastatic metastatic and metastatic tumor cell will go with that kill significantly increasing survival from pancreatic cancer noir tells yahoo lifestyle this has major significance given that pancreatic cancer is particularly refractory to current therapies Hmm. noir says that the study is the first to demonstrate the potential new treatment for pancreatic cancer but on top of successfully killing those cells the scientists found fbl03g capable of attacking other cancer cells which was start startling even to them Quote, we were quite surprised that the drug could inhibit the growth of cancer cells in other parts of the body, representing metastasis, oh my God, metastasis, that were not targeted by the treatment, says Noir. This suggests that the immune system is involved as well, and we are currently investigating this mechanism. Also, we're fucking high, bro. The significance of that, says Noir, is that because pancreatic cancer is often diagnosed in later stages, once it has spread, and the flavonoids seem to be capable of killing other cancer cells, it may mean the life expectancy of those with the condition could increase. Nice. Quote, If successfully translated clinically, this will have major impact in treatment of pancreatic cancer, says Noir. The next step for the Harvard researchers is to complete ongoing preclinical studies, which Noir hopes will be completed by the end of 2020. That could set the stage up for testing the new treatment in humans, opening up a new window of hope for a group long in need of it. Unfortunately, They move a lot more slowly now, and they don't know why. Also, they've ordered a ton of Cheetos to the lab, and they want to watch South Park a lot more than usual. So anyways, I kind of just read that last one because I'm so tired. But 
Um, hopefully this cures pancreatic cancer. That'd be awesome. My book, thedifferentbook.com, website coming soon, uh, which should be available soon, uh, my children's book. Uh, some of the proceeds of that, of every book sold, are going to go to fighting a specific form of cystic fibrosis. So there's a charity I'm working with, Emily's Entourage. Hopefully I can raise as much money as possible by selling as many books as possible to give to them, and hopefully they can cure this form of cystic fibrosis because all these diseases are just horrible if you know anyone that has them, <coughs> uh, and even if you don't. So, uh, all right, that's it. I am losing my voice. I feel like I'm getting sick, and I kind of just blew through that last article. Oh, all right, guys, I guess I'm going to, I want to hang out with my son tomorrow, so I got a couple podcasts in the bank, and I'm going to try and pack my mic so when I'm away and I'm performing and I don't have the internet, I can just record, and then when I have the internet, I can just put these out. So my wife had a great idea, and now I'm going to tell her when she wakes up to leave my son with me so I can hang out with him before I leave because I'm going to be gone for 10 days. And man, hanging out with my kids is the best. My daughter's in preschool now. So I get to hang out with my son, just me and him, and he just loves it. It's like the best thing ever. Oh my God, I put, if you do follow me on social media, I put this video in my Instagram story. I was editing an old clip of me doing stand-up or something, and he wanted to see what I was doing on the computer, so I put him on my lap, and he watched the bit, and he started laughing when you're supposed to laugh. It was the cutest thing ever. He's one and a half, so Levi, you make my world such a much better place. All right, guys. Hope you're having a great day. Have a good day. Hope you're having a good day. Thank you for the time to my daddy.